Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. What up, everybody? Happy Sunday. Hey, hey, I'm Adam Russell. I'm the pastor here. Good to have you with us this morning. Uh, before we uh, begin our message, I, Joey, I, I have questions about that coat you were wearing. <laughs> like, where does one find that coat? You know? How many kittens had to die to make it? Was that, was that kitten fur? What is that? You know? Yeah. It was possum. That's what someone says. My favorite. Babe, where did I lay my possum jacket at? <laughs> Can't find it. Hey, here's what I want to do today. If you want to open up your Bibles to the Old Testament and turn to 1 Samuel, the title of today's message, I'm not sure what the title of today's message is. Uh, could be king in a cave. Seth? Could be down in a hole. Could be friends in low places. Could be what happens when you try to follow God and somehow end up in a dark hole. It might be that one. Seth, don't, don't, don't. What are you doing, bro? Bro. Bro. We're working together. Okay, thank you. Quick survey, though. When, when Seth put up the down in a hole title slide, how many of you heard Alice in Chains? You did, didn't you? Yeah. Some of you probably also heard Mr. Garth. I figured. Okay. Just wanted to know. How many of you have ever been in a cave before? Ever gone spelunking? Isn't that a fun thing to say? Mm. Uh, how many of you have ever gone on that mammoth cave tour where they take you into the bowels of the cave and then they turn the lights off? Anybody ever done that? Did you, when you were in there, did you put your hand up in front of your face to see and you open your eyes? And can you, you can't even see your hand, can you? I mean, it's, it's darkness you can feel. It's weird. It is so, it's disorienting. It's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I think a lot of us maybe did that if you grew up in Kentucky. Absolutely no light. Um, let, me, let me ask you a different question. Uh, how about this? How many of you have ever been in a really dark place, like in your life? You know, we're talking metaphor now, you know. How many of you have metaphorically been in a really dark place uh, in your life? Uh, how many of you have ever had a season where things were, let's just say, not great? Anybody ever had like an extended season where things were not great? And you look for the light and there's just, you just can't find it. Anybody ever had that? Yeah. Maybe you woke up one day and you found yourself in a hole. Or maybe you're here in the room this morning and you're currently in that dark place. Well, here's what I want to do today. I want to read you a couple verses from the book of 1 Samuel. And I want to talk to you about a time that David ended up in a cave. Um, this is from 1 Samuel chapter 22. And there's a lot of stuff that's happened. And maybe we'll talk about some of it. But I just want to read you two verses here 
that'll be sort of our anchor text for the morning. It says this, David left Gath and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. And all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. And he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. I just, there's some, there's a little bit of comedy in here for me. It's like, by the way, things have gone poorly, you know, and then you're in a hole and then like your, your dad and your brothers come or whatever. And then I love this part. Everyone who's in distress or debt or discontent, discontented, they also come. It's like happy crew, a lot of winners, you know, a lot of winners, a lot of winners. Uh, here's, what's, here's what's happening in David's life up to this moment. Uh, it's a dark moment in his life. He, he's on the run from Saul. You guys remember Saul? Yeah, he's the king of Israel and he's on the run from Saul. Uh, the reason he's on the run from Saul is because Saul has become riddled with jealousy and rage. He's really jealous and it's turned into like an all-consuming rage. And the reason that he's so jealous uh, is a few things, but the main thing is he's jealous of David. Uh, David has, up to this point, uh, he was out in the fields with his father's sheep. The prophet Samuel comes over, anoints him and says, you're the king. He's rejected Saul. And that sets off some events. Then by some strange turn of events, David ends up being the guitar player in Saul's court. And David plays guitar so well that tormenting spirits that have come upon Saul will leave him when David makes music. So imagine this. Just imagine that. Like you're, you're tormented, but when David's around, he can play the guitar and it causes the torment to leave your life, which is an amazing thing. And then, and then one day there's this guy, maybe you remember, his name is Goliath. He was a giant and... He was a part of the Philistine enemies of Israel and he's taunting Israel and everybody's afraid of him, including Saul. Like every, and all of Israel's shaking in their boots. And one day David hears about it and he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that like, you know, defiles the God of Israel? And everybody's like, ah, bro, you should not talk like this. He's like pretty big. And David's like, well, I'll just go take care of him. And David picks up a couple stones and he goes down and he cracks the guy in the head with a stone and kills him, cuts his head off. So, you know, it's like things are going well, but, but when's the, what ends up happening after this moment is uh, everybody around town starts singing a song about David. Uh, and the lyrics are something like this. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And when Saul heard that song, that was like, that was the final match, you know? It was like, uh. and at this point, Saul's like throwing spears across the room, trying to kill David, even though David can play guitar so well. It's like very strange, right? He's losing it. And so David's on the run. Uh, by the way, David spends many years on the run from Saul, many years, and and he eventually comes to this spot where he's living in a hole with everybody else who's a loser. That's basically what's happening. David is, 
got no safe place. He's retreated into the hills and he's with everybody in Israel who's not doing great. So I just, want to th- I just want you to think about that for a minute. David had all kinds of things going for him and he still ended up in a cave. He still ended up in a really dark place. Now, Seth, help me out here. I want to put up a list of things that won't keep you out of a cave. This is actually important. You might even want to take a picture of this. Here are some things that will not keep you out of a hole. Anointing. David ends up in the cave and he ends up in a dark place. This is after he'd been anointed by the prophet. So being an anointed person won't keep you out of hard times and in a hole. A success. David had killed Goliath, something no one else could do. Fame. People sang songs about David. Good looks. The Bible said David was good looking. Do you know that? He was ruddy. That's what the Bible says. It was like, it's like Bible, that's Bible way of saying he's a handsome dude. Good looks, youth, being a young person, it won't keep you from being in a pit. Honor, like David tried to do everything right. We'll read about that in a moment. Uh, having a life with God. Uh, one of the things that was really instrumental in who David was is like even when he was out in the field uh, playing his guitar before he was ever anointed, he was like connected to God and he was a singer, right? He had a life with God. Uh, He had promises from God. Not only that, but he had prophetic words from the prophet Samuel, who the Bible says none of his words ever fell to the ground. Imagine that. So look at all these things that David had going for him. And in the end, where does David end up? In a hole. So I just want you to know that right now. Like if you're a Christian and you are doing pretty well, I just want you to know there may be a day where you end up in a pit and none of these things will keep you out of a cave. Isn't this good news today? And everybody's like, I love that this is great. Tony the Tiger. Imagine this. Imagine this. Here's what I'm trying to say. There's not a shield against hard times. There is no shield for anyone against hard times. And Seth, can we put up 1 Samuel 22 again? Look at, look at the first verse here too. I just, because the Bible has these like little subtle ways of saying things. And in, unless you go and turn to the book of maps, you'll miss it. It's at the book of, that's a joke, by the way. It's at the back. It's a Bible joke. That's a Bible joke. Yeah. Verse one says, David left Gath. Does anybody here know where Gath was? Anybody, anybody remember? Uh, guess who was from Gath? Goliath. So David leaves Gath and he escapes to the cave of Adullam. And if you look in the book of maps where those two things are, what you find out is, is that in order to go from one place to the next, David had to go and walk through the valley where he flippin' killed Goliath right? Like, so on the way to the hole where he's going to like hide out for a while, he's walking through the place of his greatest victory. There's no shield against hard times. There are no shields against hard times. Previous successes and victories, positive affirmation, a positive internal voice. Sometimes you can do all those things and still end up in a dark place. I want to say a few things about a dark place. I think I have a slide for that too, Seth. A couple things about hard times. Number one, 
They're not always a sign we've done something wrong. You know? How many of you do know this? Sometimes you end up in a hard place because, because I'm an idiot, right? Anybody ever done that? Like, I've, have you ever had a hard time and you're like, well, I was dumb. Yeah. That was me. But I want you to know, sometimes it's not that you did anything wrong. Uh, number two, sometimes hard times are just simply a result of a complicated fallen world. But number three, sometimes it might be the work of God. Sometimes, sometimes the pit is actually the work of God. And I want to talk to you for a moment about testing. Uh, we don't talk about this a lot, but part of spiritual formation is being tested by God. This is a part of our formation we don't ever really talk about, but it's actually essential and it's all through the Bible. In fact, it begins in the book of Genesis. God puts Adam and Eve in the garden and what else is in that garden? Tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And what is that fundamentally? It's a test. Make no mistake, it's a test. Adam and Eve were tested in the garden. Israel was tested in the wilderness. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse three. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold. What does the Lord do? He tests the heart. He tests the heart. And it's not just in the book of Proverbs, but it's also New Testament. James chapter one, two through four says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. This, I don't know anyone who does this. <laughs> Let me say that, okay? For you know that when your faith is what? Tested, what happens? Your endurance has a chance to grow. That's what James says. So testing is something that the Lord does to like change us fundamentally on the inside. And testing does a few things. It reveals what's actually there. That's what the book of Proverbs says. You know, fire tests gold and silver, but the Lord tests the heart. And when the, when the proverb writer is putting those two things together, what he's saying is, is the Lord is going to find out what's really in us. What's really in us. But then testing also causes things to grow. That's what James says. Like if we end up in a hard place and if it's the work of God, he's doing it because he wants something to grow in us. How many of you have ever noticed this? that seasons of comfort don't grow much in us that's lasting. Like if you review your life and you go, well, where did I get all my good stuff? If you're honest, you'll say, it almost all came through the hard stuff. You know, like easy seasons of comfort rarely change people for the good or the lasting. It's challenge that initiates real and meaningful growth. Side note, are the best wines in the world, they come from vines that are tested. No good wine is made from vines that are not tested. It's an amazing thing. All of the greatest and the most amazing wines that last, they're made from vines that suffer and usually had very little to no rain. Why? It causes the roots to go deep. One cave for David. But then a little later on, David ends up in another cave. There's two caves. There's one in 22, and then there's another cave in 1 Samuel chapter 24. And uh, I'll just tell you the story. You can read it here, but I'm just going to tell you the story. 
Here's what happens. Dave's, Dave's in a cave. And while he's in that cave, he's got some of his men with him. And the Bible says that Saul, the guy who's hunting him, comes into the cave to use the bathroom. It's an amazing moment. Uh, read for that. Saul is completely and utterly vulnerable. Right? And David's men say to him, hey, this is literally your chance. Go kill him. Now, I don't know how this all works, right? But David somehow gets close to Saul in this vulnerable moment. And he takes out his knife and he cuts off the edge of Saul's robe, right? And he lets Saul live. And Saul doesn't even know he's there. Saul goes out. He's thinking, oh, okay. And he gets out of distance and David comes out of the cave and he, and he yells out to Saul. He's like, hey, I could have killed you but I didn't, and look, I took a piece of your robe, and listen, in the end, God is gonna judge between me and you. That's basically what he says. So there's this one cave where David is down in a hole, and then there's this other cave where he has his chance to do something. And how many of you know that in that second cave where David meets Saul, it was a moment of testing? Wasn't it? I mean, that's part of what was going on. God was testing David. God was testing him. And it's, there's some contrast in there because in the beginning of Saul's life, he started off by living by the Spirit, but in the end, he ends up consumed by jealousy and fear. And Saul ends up gripping to self-preservation and holding tightly to his crown and his own power. And in this moment, David is being tested by God. And, and the Bible had said up to this point that David was a man after God's own heart, but the question in that moment was this, could David remain a man after God's own heart? Could he do that? Or would he grasp at worldly power? You know, I've got the anointing, I'll just kill this guy and take what's mine, right? But instead, instead David does not do that and he ends up passing the test and the test is this, can I trust God with my life? And can I trust God to do the things that he says he'll do? Or will I make it happen? Sometimes I have the power to do something by my own strength. And the question is this, will I still trust God? So caves, dark holes, and testing. Seth, let's put up 1 Samuel chapter 22 again. But I just wanna, I wanna, I want to land here this morning. Um, sometimes, sometimes in my life, I'm David in the hole, right? Maybe you are too. Uh, maybe you didn't do anything wrong, but you just, you just end up in a hole. Uh, but the thing that I found more than that is that often I'm, I'm not even David. I'm just I'm just one of the guys, I'm just one of the distressed and indebted and discontented who's around him. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I like to think of myself as David. And anytime I read the Bible, I'm like, I'm David. But usually I'm not. Usually I'm like the distressed, indebted, and discontented guy. And uh, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's you as well. And I, I just want to give you maybe a little bit of a, a gospel good word 
here as we land and ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us this morning. Um, one of the things I love about this little moment in 1 Samuel chapter 22 is that David is surrounded by 400, 400 dudes who are not in a great place. They're losers. And I think there's a couple good promises in here for us. Number one, maybe when you're in a hole, you're not as alone as you thought. There's always somebody around. But, but better than that, the bigger promise for me is this. Uh, sometimes I'm not David, and maybe it's better that I'm not. The good news is that we end up in a cave uh, we're not alone and we're not stuck with a bunch of people who are no better off than we are. Uh, there's a king in our midst. And maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I'm not in a great spot. I mean, I think Hannah was sort of picking up on it in worship. Like, we didn't talk about this this morning. But there's something maybe the Lord wants to do in the vineyard this morning for people who are, who are at the bottom or who are in the dark. And here's what I want you to know if you're at the bottom or if you're in the dark. Uh, if you're discontented, if you're indebted, or if you're in distress, the good news is that there's a king in your midst. And you are not alone, you know? You're, and you're not just stuck down there with a bunch of losers who are no better off than you are. Uh, there's actually someone, someone in your midst who, who actually can lead you out. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but uh, in the Old Testament, David is a shadow of Jesus. He's like a prophetic shadow of, of the true king of Israel who will come and actually set things right. And and uh, not only that, but this little moment in 1 Samuel chapter 22, it's a shadow not only of Jesus, but it's also a shadow of Jesus' work. Uh, David went into the cave, and he leads people who are distressed and discontented and indebted out. He sets those who are in debt free. He sets those who are discontented. He gives them a satisfied heart. That's what David does here. But Jesus is the one who was laid into a cave as well. And he's the one who comes out and he gives people not just freedom from their debts or their discontentment, but he gives people new life. And so what I want to say to everyone who is in trouble this morning and who is experiencing darkness and who is experiencing the shadows of life, maybe it's because you did something dumb or maybe, maybe you did nothing dumb. Maybe it's just the way of life or maybe it's the work of God in your soul to change you, to give you endurance. Here's what I want to say to everybody in the bottom and in the dark this morning. There is a king in your midst and you are not alone. You are not alone. There's a command, I love this word. It says David became their commander. There's a commander in your midst. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we have a savior who doesn't stand away from the pit, but he goes to the pit? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus, he doesn't know about the cave from his omniscience, but he knows about the cave because he was put in the cave. Aren't you, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that there's no distance? And aren't you glad that we have a savior who has been in the dark, but he will not leave us there. He's a commander and he will pull us out of the dark. Aren't you glad? So this morning... This morning, if you're in a difficult or a dark place, a couple things. Number one, just hold those out to God and ask him, is this your work in my life? 
Like, is this a season of refinement and testing? Are you, are you, are you refining me like gold? And as James says, like, God, are you using this moment of, of discomfort? Are you using this moment to build endurance in my life? That'd be one thing, just to hold before God. And then number two, number two, I think there's, there's grace in the room this morning for those of us, whether God is doing and moving something in our life or not, that in the middle of trouble for us to not lose heart because there's a king in the cave with us. And we can just receive his comfort and that he will not leave us there. Uh, David didn't stay in the cave and neither did Jesus. And he leads people out. So uh, that is... Uh, that is the invitation for us this morning. If you're on the worship band, why don't you come on up? And if you are not on the worship band this morning, why don't you stand up? We're going to pray. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time. <laughs>